Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, July 19th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Mills Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Got a jam-packed show for you guys today. We've got Evan and Vish to start things off to talk all things NFL. We've got Sean Calhoun of Colquitt County coming up. And then, of course, old friend Philip Jones, head coach of Brookwood High School. So a lot of, a lot of football all the time. That will be the theme here on the Tuesday editions of the Chase Thomas Podcast here on Blue Wire Pods. Thank you, as always, for making the Chase Thomas Podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you check out the podcast. I greatly appreciate it um, as we continue growing this thing out and becoming bigger and bigger all across the board. I greatly appreciate it, and I appreciate you making the Chase Thomas Podcast, as I said, part of your day. Listen, new content, new sports stuff in your feed every single day. So make sure you're subscribed to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. But uh, all things NFL, Evan and Vish coming up in just one second. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Taping this late on a Monday. We've got another first timer in the house in our around the NFL Monday night edition here in the off season. Evan Swartz, we have a we have a guest. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. It looks like you've have you added uh, Funko Pops behind you. I feel like that was not the case last week. You're adding you know, stuff I, to this room. I, I just add them like every time I record because the Funko Pops are on my computer desk. Mm. Like my computer desk looks so much cooler than the rest <laughs> of this Airbnb looking room. Um, but yeah, so I just every now and then, like you know, at any given moment, I can I could do a lot, right? If we want to bring cord into the situation, we can do that. Oh. You know, we can do that, right? Yeah, it's, we it's can whatever. do whatever. It's you know, it's it, I got I got a lot going on. It's half your show, man. You can you can add stuff. Now your whatever <laughs> you're drinking out of that container is pretty like it's a very intimidating container you've got there. What is that? Come come work at Astra. It's just mm-hmm. one of those one of those like really like aerospace water bottles that you know, if you put ice in it, it'll stay cool for like two days. Those are clutch. Yeah. We do that for the dog. I don't even use that for the person. Like we got <laughs> of the dog over here because she's just about the the cool water. She's bougie like that. Um, also here, first timer, another another guy that uh, 49ers Twitter is quite familiar with, just as we were last week. It's like the 49ers uh, revolving door right now. We had Kevin Jones, right. the head boss, Luar CEO last week. And now we got Vish Kumaran. 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 Oh, my God. I knew I was going to mess this up. Potato, potato, tomato, I knew tomato. I was going to do this. Vish, I don't know if you if you've – know, I mean, I don't know if you listen to the pod or anything like that. My last name is Swords. I don't expect anyone to, like, know how to pronounce it because it looks I like – I thought it was Swords this one Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Which – and to – like, that's normal. But, like, Chase has known that for three years and to and this day – To this day gets it wrong. So, you know, he, for you, he put, like – 200% more effort than I think he's ever put in trying to get hey, my thought, name right that he did with you. that counts. Right. Thought that counts. I mean, I, I was busy over here. I, I thought we were going to talk about football and then I didn't know what a funky pop was. So I was <laughs> rapidly Googling what's a funky pop while you guys were talking about them so that I could be ready to go. They're, they're just toys for adults. They get to yeah. pretend like they're still kids. Well, I, I, I now know what a funky pop is. In yeah. fact, I might need to get myself a funky pop. Hey, man, they're, 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 they have them for literally every single thing that you could possibly imagine. 
Absolutely. Well, you just move, Vish. What are you going to put in the room? Are you going to get some? Do you have some cool Fortniteers memorabilia, or what's what's the well, deal? Well, I I don't have anything, but right now mm. I, I think the first purchase for my room is going to be a Funky Pop. <laughs> I, think so. I, I need a nice Debo Samuel Funky Pop. And they have them. They <laughs> exist. They absolutely exist. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. There you go. He's Who's up there? Pop? Yeah, this is a Colin Kaepernick Funko Pop, and he oh, has Funko? been. It's Funko Pop. Yeah, it's I Funko. Like That's funky why I thought it was Pop hilarious. He kept saying Funky. I, like, I thought you were doing like a bit. I like Funky Park. Yeah, I like Funko oh. Pop. Um, but yeah, no, this is Cap, and he. This is Cap, and this is Cap, right? Okay. Oh, get I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So. While we're staying along those lines, I mean, yeah. Stowards, Sowards, right. Kumaran, Kumaran, Funky Pop, Funky Pop. <laughs> That's what I was going exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's one of those dumb things where I remember, I mean, my fiance will pick up on things where it's like, if you, if you read a lot and you don't, and you read stuff that you, like you never say out loud, it's amazing what your brain just thinks assumes what a word's gonna be pronounced as and like i'll say something and she'll look at me and it it's like oh i guess i've never said that word out loud or ever heard it out loud so i just yeah. i guess what it was and it's not what you think it is like there so, it's just it's tough so i can take like a perfect right turn on that for me so i read harry potter i started mm-hmm. reading harry potter when i was in like first or second grade and like there weren't a lot of other first and second graders in my class reading Harry Potter. So I couldn't talk to anybody about Mm. it. So when I saw the movies, like I had some pretty messed up pronunciations. (laughs) Like I just decided in my (laughs) head, like these things are pronounced these ways. And then the movie comes and they start pronouncing these things like, you know, I guess the correct way if, if it is, but yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, I, I didn't like the movies when I was little for that reason. I was like, they're not pronouncing everything correctly. Well, hold on like, now. How did you pronounce Hermione? I pronounced Hermione right. Yeah. Oh, man. That would, that she one. Was, I got her right. I got a what? couple others wrong. When I saw Hermione, I was just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So, but hey, I, were you, were you a Hermione or a Hermione? <laughs> Hermione? Like Hermione? Like it could have been. Like, yeah. You know, Hermione? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hermo- Her- Her- Hermione, Iowa. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. could yeah. be a town in Iowa. <laughs> Hermione, Iowa. I, I'm about it. Yeah, no, Game of Thrones is one of those two later on. Um, but here's the here's what Vish, Evan, and I are um, imploring to our young listeners today is that just close the book, turn on that television, and only watch TV. That's uh, And listen to Absolutely. podcasts. That's all listen you need. Podcasts. Who needs a book? Like, you're no, just going to no, pronounce I, things wrong. I can't wrong. implore that one. I can't, I can't endorse it. I, I, I wish I still read, like... I can't tell you the enjoyment I used to get as a kid reading. Like it didn't matter what I was reading because like imagining something when you're reading, there's like no better feeling in my opinion of like having the TV play out in your head. So I think people should go back to reading. In fact, I wish I read more. Wait, why are you not reading? You have the opportunity. What, what are we uh, doing, Vish? The maximum of my reading now goes to the 49ers beat writers. I read their mm. articles. So. There you go. Um, well, speaking of the 49ers, uh, Fred Warner is telling San Francisco to chill. Like, it, Debo Samuel's contract will be taken care of. He's not worried about it. It seems like everyone's just moved on, I think. Evan, I don't think, wants to talk about Debo and the trade request anymore. If you use the word rescinded around Evan on this podcast, um, it's just a, it's a buzzword. He's not about it. But uh, is there anything new that uh, has uh, piqued your interest in 49ers country this past week, Fish? 
I mean, there's never anything new, but there's always something new with the 49ers, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. There's a lot of non-story stories that we continue to uh, highlight. I mean, I, I fall for it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you're bored in the off season. Somebody tweets out something about something. It's an immediate response. It's immediate speculation about immediate thought process. Like, I, I don't blame anybody for doing it because I, I, I do it, too. Like, everybody does it. But at the same time, like, half this stuff is total crap. It's just us trying to pass time until the season gets here so that we can actually watch the real football. Like, a lot of this stuff is just off-season talk. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, if we're going to talk about Devo, I'm sitting here today, and I think the the, the Madden wide receiver rankings came out, right? Like, mm. Oh, dude, I didn't, I didn't open Twitter yet, but I, I saw that I was getting a couple DMs about people yeah. being kind of, yeah. So perfect off-season banter, right? It's like it's completely arbitrary. No one actually cares, but, like, it's the only thing everyone's talked about today. And, like, the big thing was the top ten came in and Debo's not on it, mm. right? And so I was just like quote tweeting someone that did the rankings. And I was just like, sounds to me like they didn't consider Debo's running ability at all in his ranking. I was like, you know, I didn't care. It doesn't upset me. But if I'm looking at it and you're going like, Debo's not a top 10 receiver. I'm go- to me, I'm going, oh, you didn't consider everything that he does. You're only considering his receiving, right? Because how could you not say Debo's not to- a top 10 receiver? You know, mm. anyways. It- so a guy responds to me and, he, and he's like, we did actually. We even made a new player type under wide receiver to help display how good someone is after the catch. And I'm like, who the hell do you think you are, buddy? <laughs> And let me tell you, he's the head EA Madden <laughs> ratings adjuster. Mm-hmm. Literally in charge of ratings. And he, so I just thought that was hilarious. So they created a subsection of wide receiver for, you know, considering yards after the catch. But to me, like, that's not even what I was talking about. Vish, like, I'd love to hear your opinion, but, like, when I think about what makes, you know, Debo Samuel great, it's the whole package. It's not just his yak. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean that list is whack in general. Forget Debo. Jamar <laughs> Chase not being in the top ten. DJ Moore being way low. Amari Cooper being rated 90 overall. I mean, you can go on and on. A.J. Brown was another name that was omitted. D-Hop still being rated as the fourth highest receiver. I mean, I can go on and on about it, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, Debo Samuel, in my opinion, is exceptionally special. I think everybody knows how I feel about him. I've been on vacation for a little while, so people haven't heard me talk about Debo Samuel, but yeah, I think he's a special football player. He's been my favorite football player since he was drafted, but you're absolutely right. It's everything that he does. He's the I mean, him, I would say him, Jamar Chase, and Tyreek Hill are the three receivers I look at and I say, like, yeah, sure, Devontae Adams technically is probably the best receiver, right? He, he's nuanced and he's exceptionally refined in every aspect of the receiver position. But I would fear those three guys before Devontae Adams because I'm not scared of Devontae Adams taking a slant 80 yards. Right. Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, and Jamar Chase are the three guys that – are going to score from anywhere. And to me, I think there's a value 
to the explosive play and just the like Debo Samuel's an instant explosive play. Evan, you know this as a Niners fan. How many times was the offense struggling and Kyle Shanahan calls a little tunnel screen to Debo Samuel? He breaks five tackles and goes for 45 and My, yeah. field position and changes the game for the 49ers. We're talking about an offense that couldn't get two yards and then they throw the ball and like or they toss the ball or what you know, you know one of those short yeah. passes. And it's one of those things where you're like Kyle, you idiot. Like, we need 17 yards. Why are you – oh, he's still going. Yeah. Like, and that's what I think was super funny is the ratings guy replying and going, no, we actually do uh, – we, <laughs> we did add this to uh, adjust for yards after the catch. And he's still not top 10. So, so Chase, I want to tell you, here's the list. And mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts um, as someone who's a fan of a team that has no receivers at all. Hold on. Um, Kyle Pitts is like, I think, number six in tight ends, I think I saw. <laughs> We're talking about receivers. That is a Well, he's basically a receiver. Yeah. I know. I, I know. mean, Calvin yeah. Ridley will be back in a couple years. Calvin Ridley years. will not be yeah, an yeah, Atlanta yeah. Falcon ever again. Now, Drake London. Now, if you want to get some Drake there London. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it goes, number one, Devontae Adams. He's a 99. Cooper Cup is number two. He's a 98. Tyree mm-hmm. Kill is a 97 at number three. D-Hop is uh, 96. Stephon Diggs is number uh, five at 95. Justin Jefferson goes down 93 at uh, number six. Then Mike Evans is a 92 at seven. Tied at number eight is Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen with 91. Having Mm. Keenan Allen there, that's kind of weird. He's a great receiver, but he's kind of at the end. Uh, And then Amari Cooper is uh, at number 10, number nine with a Mm. a 90 overall. Now, remember, these are Madden rankings. Yeah, They're not, you know – uh, you know, yards or touchdowns yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, but they take I, – I think there's something that – like you talked about the guy responding to you, right, before Chase goes. They take these rankings exceptionally seriously. Right. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of R&D and a lot of film watching that goes to them trying to decipher and come up with a number that defines a player's attribute at a certain – or a player's level oh, at a certain attribute. 100%. So that like, algorithm yeah. is probably insane. Yeah. It's written to be able to, like, build that out and understand that. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I mean, Amari Cooper at 10 is preposterous. Like, that's one where it's like, that's not a that's not a thing. Um I'm I think Tyreek Hill, like I still think he's the ultimate cheat code where I, I think he should be a borderline, like not fair player to play with in Madden, where it's still just like until proven otherwise, Tyreek Hill is the biggest game changer Swiss Army knife at that position where he is completely he'll flip how an entire NFL covers him and like how they treat the chiefs based on like Tyree kill, where it was like, all right, we're not going to give up the deep ball anymore. And he's going to beat us underneath. Uh, just over and over again. We'll let him beat us with a bunch of paper cuts. We've we've just kind of understood that like Tyreek Hill is going to kill us in one of two ways, but we would just prefer if he doesn't do it with the yeah, like the big downfield uh, throws from Patrick Mahomes. We'll just we'll take the 15 yard stuff that he gets dumped off to him when Patrick Mahomes Mahomes is scrambling around, and we'll see what happens. I think Tyreek still won. I'm really curious to see what McDaniel's does. Like because y'all are so familiar with him in San Francisco, Fish, do you think? that is a seamless fit in that he will be able to maximize Tyreek Hill in Miami? Yeah. So two things. I'll answer your question. I I actually agreed with you every single year until last year. I think mm. Jamar Chase took that spot from Tyreek okay. Hill. Because, I mean, the stuff he did for the Bengals offense, and Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He is a really good quarterback. There's no arguing that. Yeah. I, I know Some people arguments. forget that he's better than uh, Justin Herbert. 
Uh, That's I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if case. I'd go that far, but I'd mm-hmm. put them around the same area, which is, you know, between five to 10 as the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But what Jamar Chase does was Tyreek Hill-esque. Like they used to run uh, 989 all that they actually, they run it all the time in Cincinnati and they'll run it against coverages like quarters where you're not supposed to run 989. It's a classic Bruce Arians concept. It's basically three routes. You have two goes on the outside and then, uh, a tight end has kind of an option to run a dig or a deeper post. So you're looking to throw the ball down the field and nobody can stop Jamar Chase. Mm. And Jamar Chase is just, I mean, he's unstoppable. I mean, what, a, what do they call it, right? Jim, Jamar going to be there. Jamar's yeah. going to be down there or something like yeah. that. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I thought, uh, I thought he had a conversation. He had a rookie receiver season that was in the conversation of Moss, if not, there I didn't think it got the appreciation it deserved because I felt like his biggest moments like the game against the Chiefs was on at 12 o'clock on CBS it wasn't you know Thanksgiving in Dallas like that Mm -hmm. like if you're doing that to the Chiefs you know and it was on Sunday night football people would be talking about Jamar Chase like the Odell Beckham rookie season I Mm -hmm. think a little bit more like Jamar Chase's rookie season was a top two or three rookie season in NFL history for a receiver, in my opinion. But I think he's there. In regards to Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill, I think it's an awesome, awesome, awesome fit. Like, if Hmm. you're talking about, like, Tua, and everybody talks about the deep ball stuff, and I don't think Tua is that good. I'm not a big Tua fan as a quarterback, but there's two things Tua has going for him. He's cheap, and he has a really quick release, and they're going to run an offense – Heavy RPO offense, we know that's Tua's MO, but the weapons they have, the speed they have, and how good after the catch Tyreek Hill is, because that's that's the underrated thing about Tyreek Hill to me, right? Because when we're talking speed, it's different speed from Deshaun Jackson, who's getting vertical every time. Like Tyreek Hill is incredible at maintaining his speed, changing direction. And I feel like the only player I've seen, you know, over the last few years that's been comp to Tyreek Hill coming out of college football that keeps speed changing direction is actually Jalen Waddle, who's his mm. teammate. Yeah. And so I think they're going to be crazy good in terms of their offense's explosion because McDaniel is going to get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel ways. I don't think there's going to be the running back stuff because obviously Tyreek Hill is not as physical as Debo Samuel. But if you remember early Tyreek Hill before he started playing receiver in Kansas City, the Alex Smith days and stuff, there was a lot of gadget. I mean, hmm. I don't even think it's gadget stuff, but they call it gadget stuff. There was yeah. a lot of end rounds, a lot of screen game, a lot of really, really creative ways to use Tyreek Hill and just get the ball in his hands because he's just special. So I think it's an actually an awesome fit. Miami is one of the most interesting teams to me because I have no idea how to place them. I don't know how good McDaniel is. I think their roster is really good, but then I don't think highly of their quarterback. I don't know. If, I think their defense has insane talent, but then – I don't know if it will be the same without Brian Flores, but in terms of Tyreek Hill in Miami, I know this was long-winded, my bad. I think it's going to be awesome. No, this is good. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, it's also yeah. weird. I think they're the they're running the exact same defense back, right? Like every yeah. starter is back, yeah. which is just unheard of in football. Like I don't know how that happened, but they're running the exact same group back. Miami's and they get a second-year have... Jalen Phillips and a second-year Javon Holland, who are yeah. both – Yeah. Miami's going to be in a strong position. The The, the reality is – Anything that you could say about Tua, any issue that you might have about who is as the type of quarterback that he is, mm-hmm. is going to be very similar to like how you could talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, exactly. there's a lot of intangibles, 
right? There is a lot of things that Jimmy has that I don't think you could just give to Tua because they're a similar quarterback, right? Like Jimmy's a pretty tough dude, right? Jimmy's a great leader, right? He's mm-hmm. confident. I don't know if we can give those to Tua, but they are similar style quarterbacks. So if if I'm if you're asking, do we think that McDaniel can come in and instill an offense similar to what Kyle's done here? And like they said, like, you know, Debo was not just considered the type of receiver that he is right now out of the draft. Like Kyle has done that with him, right? That's something they've built together. They have created this useful wide back, right? Out of necessity and out of skill, whatever you want to say. And I think they can do something similar for Tyreek in a sense of, I could throw a three yard pass and let Tyreek get open due to the way I've schemed the field. And I think that's what we're going to probably see, right? We're not, everyone keeps thinking, well, Tyreek, you got to throw him the ball far, right? I don't think you need to. I think if he's, if, if Mike McDaniel truly is as smart as Kyle is and has that similar of an offense, all he's got to do is scheme the field open and have running lanes. And I think, I mean, Mike McDaniel is the running back. You know, he's the running game genius that came from the 49ers team. And when you think about running game, you think about holes and you think about lanes, you think about like giving an opportunity. And I think that's the same thing for short yardage passes that they might use Tyreek for. That's interesting. I'm I think they're like you guys have said, the Miami is just so fascinating on a multitude of levels. And part of it is just that like the AFC East, you can make the case that anyone not named Buffalo could make the playoffs. Like there is, that's not the case in a lot of other divisions around football right now is that like, it is so hard to figure out who breaks out among those three. But think about it. It's literally Buffalo. They're in their own tier. And then it's three NFL football teams that every single fan is going, I wonder what that quarterback's going to do. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's literally every single team can do very incredible things this year if their quarterback comes to play. If Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson is the person that they thought he was going to be the number two overall pick, the Jets have a pretty decent team. Right. They can get some things done. If Miami Dolphins can get the best version of Tua from Mike McDaniel and his scheme, they've got a pretty solid roster. Right. And the, the Patriots. Right. If the Patriots are the Patriots, right. If they can get Mac Jones running on all cylinders and they've already built back and spent a lot of money in free agency on building that team back. Right. Like there's three teams that are all going, okay, what is your quarterback going to do? I so of those three, I I actually like Miami because I don't I don't care about the quarterback. The quarterback is mid tier. That's what he is. He might get better. He's still pretty young, but I don't need him to get better because I know you have. A lot of really, really good players. That's my problem with New England, right? And I think Mac Jones is good. I, I don't I think he gets a lot of too much slander, and a lot of it is just tied into the fact that a few reporters who might have been correct, to be honest, will never know and they'll never have be able to be correct because the Niners will never admit <laughs> if they were correct. But they could have been correct. I mean, a lot of people don't like that possibility, but it could have been a possibility that Mac Jones was considered at three. And I think because of that. Mac Jones gets a lot of hate, but he's a very, very good player. But I don't like – or not a very good player. He's a good player. But I don't like a lot of what New England has around him. And I think that a lot of us are looking at it as the Belichick factor. Um, But the Belichick factor, I don't appreciate the fact that Mac Jones' number one receiver is Kendrick Bourne. Like, I love Kendrick Bourne. 
He's a Niners. I don't want to call him a legend. He's a Niners something. But mm. we all, if you're a Niners fan, you he's like a fan. Him. He's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. Well said. Mm. But some people say he was born to play receiver. Yeah. Oh, perfect. But Kendrick Bourne is. I, I apologize receiver. for getting involved in that one. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> like that. I, I don't care about it with Miami because mm-hmm. I think Tyreek is special. I don't. I think the receiver next to Tyreek Waddle is very special himself. I think Gesicki is good. The offensive line is improved. The defense. Jalen Phillips was a monster as a rookie. He's a top ten edge rusher in the NFL. He's yep. just not been called one yet. Javon Holland is a top ten safety in the NFL. Xavier Howard's a top five corner. Byron Jones is still a really good corner. They, they got players. They, they really are a very similar team to the 49ers. It's scary. It is scary. It is scary how many top three, top five player position, you know, position players they have with literally the most Kyle Shannon ass head coach to ever come from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree more than the guy up in green Bay. Like it's very interesting. And just like how the 49ers didn't need the most, mm. right? They didn't need the most from Jimmy Garoppolo to get where they were going. They relied on a heavy pass rush and yards after the catch and a strong running game. That's exactly what Miami's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I am so curious. Like the whole thing too is just like I want to see what Tyreek's like without Mahomes. Like I think that's just the main thing. Is like let's see what he does with Tua. Does he we make Tua though, better? Right? Say it he again. He made Alex Smith an MVP candidate right. in twenty seventeen. Well, I'll ask this to you, Vish. If the Dolphins make the playoffs, is it Teddy Bridgewater or Tua Tungaviola under center in in the playoff game? I don't think it matters, does it? I think it's just like I could see it going either way. Like if Tua got hurt or whatever, I think Teddy, like they have a really good backup quarterback situation where it's like McDaniel with the Jimmy Garoppolo type where the high ceiling guy, Teddy Bridgewater, We've seen what he can be. Like he was that guy in New Orleans, and he's shown that he can still be that competent quarterback. Where he's like, he's got a, he's still a good player. Like he's still one of the thirty-two best quarterbacks in football, right? I don't know if I'd say that, but I don't think there's a large difference between him and Tua when we're talking talent. Maybe yeah. Tua's got a little quicker release, um, and he's maybe a little more accurate. But I feel like Teddy has shown more in terms of standing in the pocket. And I mean, to be fair. A lot of the processing stuff with Tua, I think the offensive line is a fair excuse, but Teddy Bridgewater has not been perfectly protected. I mean, the offensive line in Carolina was not very good. Mm-hmm. Teddy was yeah. okay in Carolina. He wasn't Sam Darnold bad. So They would have killed to have a year like that Teddy gave them a couple of years ago. They have not but, been – he was their last stable quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Chase, I'll say it to you like this. I, I think that they can make the playoffs with both yeah, that's what I think, too. And the, yeah. when people just look at it, it's like, oh, it's a two-hour bus thing. I'm like, I think with the way this team is built and McDaniel and what he's seen with the 49ers, it's like, no, they can win football games playing their way with yeah. or without Tua. Like, I don't think it's two-hour bus to make the playoffs. They get a healthy Raheem Mostert, too. That'll be something. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Um, something else that I'm super fascinated by is that Gabriel Davis uh, really broke out at the end of the year uh, in Buffalo and obviously everyone remembers his big time game against Kansas city. And he is someone that is going to have a huge role in Buffalo and Buffalo is the favorite in the AFC going into this year, winning that conference. And they're absolutely loaded. They also cut Cole Beasley. So Beasley's out. Gabriel Davis is locked in. It's him and Diggs' show now. And I'm curious to see because 
I want to get your perspective on this, Evan. Sammy Watkins, healthiest he's ever been, strongest. He's putting in the work this offseason. He's treating this offseason in a completely different way based on a really good piece in PFF who talked to his trainer. And Sammy opened up a lot and about like kind of where he's at as a pro. And there is like there is a belief that like obviously Devontae Adams replacing Devontae Adams is just not a realistic proposition. But healthy Sammy Watkins is still a really good player. And healthy Sammy Watkins with this group, with Christian Watson, with the guys they have in there, I am extremely fascinated to see what kind of year a healthy Sammy Watkins has with somebody like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, where I the offense has been good year over year. San, uh, Green Bay, probably the favorite to win the most amount of football games in the NFC next, this year. What if it's a big year for Sammy Watkins? So if you're not even just a fantasy guy, but if you had to bet on who has the bigger year, who do you believe in more? Gabriel Davis at, with an increased role for Buffalo or Sammy Watkins being counted on as wide receiver one on a team that should be in the Super Bowl? So, okay, first and foremost, Sammy Watkins has struggled. We all know that. But let's not pretend like he's coming, you know, from a team where Mac Jones was his quarterback, right? Like he had Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the NFL, throwing to him for the last three seasons, right? Like I don't. Why does Mac Jones have to catch a stream right there? <laughs> because Mac Jones ain't 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 doing what Aaron Rodgers like. Mac Jones is throwing like very average games. When I thought of average quarterback, I thought of Mac Jones. Oh, sad for Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, like uh, he's done nothing yet to go like above and beyond. He's like been good. He's he's been he's not been bad. He's not been great. He's just fine. Oh, and, I like, get it. I get it. I just think it's hilarious. You know, I think. I mean, he to me, like when you think like just boring average quarterback. Like I think Mac Jones. So, uh, but anyways, neither here nor here, less about him, more about Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins just got, I mean, yes, Tyreek Hill was there and yes, Tyreek is better than him. Yada, yada, yada. But like, I look at what Sammy did in Kansas and I see, okay, you know, 673 yards in 2019, three touchdowns. Like how much more are you expecting than that like to me if he did that with the with the Packers like that's I think that's a decent season he's not Devontae Adams and he's by the way gotta stay healthy hmm but that's my whole thing is like if he's healthy could he not have a Pro Bowl type year like what if we have a Sammy Watkins 2022 renaissance like I think that's that would be super interesting Hmm. because the talent's always been there it's just been injuries like he has never been in a situation like this that he finds himself in Green Bay. Like the this only is thing, an all-time I, great situation. We saw Devontae Adams and wide receiver once. Like Aaron Rodgers loves his vets. Like that is his thing. He loves the veterans. He brings in the Randall Cobbs. He brings well, in the Jordy Nelsons. He nah, wants veterans in the room. Does he, does he love his veterans or does he hate the rookies that they keep giving him? Because I'd hate the rookies that they kept giving him too. What do you think, Bish? I'm with you. I like okay. Sammy Watkins. I look Sammy Watkins staying healthy. It, it's not. It's in a bizarre world that Sammy Watkins remains healthy and plays to his talent. Because I mean, I I think we should go back and talk about Sammy Watkins' talent. He was a fifth pick in the draft for a reason. I mean, in Clemson, Sammy Watkins is one of the better receivers to come out of college football oh, in the absolutely. last ten years. Like we're talking, mm. well, besides for, Julio on. Jones and AJ Green. I mean, Sammy Watkins is right there with all of them. Let, let's let's first set the, the foundation. 
What do we consider when we say, you know, I like Sammy Watkins. I think he's going to succeed with Aaron Rodgers. I think he can have. What does that look like to you? 65 catches, 950 yards, seven touchdowns, something like that. I mean, I think if he does that, that's a really respectable season. I don't think it's crazy by any means. We, I'm not saying he's going to get, thir- you know, 1,300 yards. I would say for me, that's a little bit higher than what I would expect. But, like, dude, 673 to 970 yards, like, there, there's not that much space in between that. You know, it just yeah. depends on how many touchdowns he gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I think I think Chase – kind of that Aaron Rodgers connection. I think he's going to find Sammy Watkins a little more comfortable mm. when he's on the field because he's always going to be there on time at the right spot. Sammy Watkins is, a, again, really talented player. I'm not as high on Gabe Davis. I think the Uh-oh. playoff game has gotten people forgetting the fact that old man Manny Sanders was taking <laughs> snaps away from Gabriel Davis last year for a good portion Snatching him away. of last year. And – I think that the receiver I'm actually high on in Buffalo with Cole Beasley gone is I think Jamison Crowder is going to be sneakily underrated. And if we're talking fantasy, Jamison Crowder is not going to go until a little bit later. And he's going to be one of those guys you just snatch and leave him on your bench. And he might turn out to be, you know, a really, really good investment. Isaiah McKenzie is pretty good. Mm. Um, I'm not just sold that this Gabriel Davis is just going to walk in and be Randy Moss to Stephon Diggs is Chris Carter. I, I don't think that one playoff game against a secondary with some question marks um, is really the uh, the thing that makes us think that Gabriel Davis is just this emerging superstar. I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, compared to Sammy Watkins, I think Sammy Watkins might be in a situation where if he's healthy, the opportunities might be there a little bit more for him. I do think I, – I think Gabriel Davis is uh, a receiver that fits in a long line of – and once again, this is not analytical. This has nothing to do with anything other than vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, okay. like, I feel like Gabriel Davis f- fits in that, like, world where people just sometimes need the – to overvalue a receiver or be like, ah, this guy's going to break out this year. And I don't know, like, like to me, like, I don't know. I just like think of Gabriel Davis. I've seen him play and it's, you know, obviously Josh Allen's incredible. I just see like this, like narrow path. It's like, I I don't expect him to go much lower than, you know, bad by any means, but I I don't expect him to like break out. I don't think he's going to get 1500 yards. Like I think he'll have a decent season, but I just think it's the off season that makes us go, what do we think about no. Alan Lazard? <laughs> no, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Gabriel Davis, I think, is going to have a good productive season, right? The reason right. I sound negative when I'm talking about him is because everybody thinks that Gabriel Davis is the underrated, nobody knows about guy that's going to – you're going to take him in like the eighth round in fantasy. I'm throwing out a random number. I don't know where he goes. Right. I don't play fantasy. Yep. Take him in the eighth round, and he's going to give you receiver one production. And that's where I think Gabriel Davis is going to have a solid season. He might give you 50 catches, 800 yards, and eight touchdowns, which is a really good season from a receiver. But I don't see Gabriel Davis blasting off and putting on a show where, you know, he's catching 200 yards. He's having multiple 200-yard, five-touchdown games like he did in that playoff game. Yeah, I thought that playoff game was more Josh Allen than him, to be honest. I would probably agree with that. Um, 
we have a question for the 49ers folks on this podcast. So shout out to Samalot69 who tweets at us for Samalot tonight. Samalot69, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Oh, are you talking about Zark Muckerberg? Yeah, that's who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Zark Muckerberg. See, there you go. Uh, shout out on the pod. Uh, he asks... Who will be the starting nickel corner for the Niners? Do you think Darquez Denard uh, is the real deal, or will it be a rookie? What about the idea that in base defense, Mosley will be CB2, but in nickel, he slides inside, and Ambry is CB2? What do you you guys think? This is all vish. This is absolutely (laughs) a question for sure. I will say uh, all the X's and O's leave to him. For me, I just am terrified of whatever it is they do, like shark you know, it was a very – K1 Williams was one of the most underrated 49ers yeah. for a very long time, and he is very gone now. And I am just that, – that and, like, the the guard spot are the two positions where I'm like, hold the line, hold it. Like, we're in trouble. Yeah, um, I I think Darquez Denard has a better chance than most people are giving him credit for because the problem mm. is with the conversation – when people are talking about the nickelback, it's always, well, can he cover? Who does he cover? Who's looking the best in coverage? Niners nickelback has to be really, really good in the run game. And that was the one thing that made Kwan Williams a terrific player. He was one of the best nickels in the run game in the NFL for the last five years. I mean, we're talking about a very, very good nickel player. I mean, he used to fill better than their linebackers, which is why they could play nickel 60% of the time because K1 Williams doesn't miss tackles. He doesn't miss assignments in the run game. He can take on pulling guards. He takes on pulling fullbacks. He'll take on receivers. And he just – he I mean – He's a little – he actually, by definition, was that little guy who played way bigger than his size. I mean, if you watch the Niners, you can see games where Kwan Williams obliterates a pulling guard and somebody comes in and makes the tackle. And Kwan Williams isn't in the stat sheet, but he was at 5'8", 180 pounds. He was a very good player in the run game. And that's where, like, you can talk about, like, well, Diamador Lenore. There's a reason the 49ers went with Dante Johnson when Kwan Williams got hurt last year. Hmm. It was the run game. That was the reason Dante Johnson played nickel cornerback for the 49ers. And it wasn't Diamador Lenore. It wasn't, you know, who else was there. It was because Dante Johnson could do the job in the run game. And I think that's where Darquez Denard, being a veteran, being a guy that's been around for a year, Darquez Denard was a physical player in Michigan State. I would not rule him out because Sam Womack, I mean, it seems that by all accounts, he's a pretty talented guy in coverage. But if he can't do the responsibility in run game, especially – in the modern NFL where teams are trying to fit the run with both their safeties out of the fit, which means that, you know, you're trying to stop the run with nine people, your nickelback better be really, really good because Hmm. your nickelback's going to be part of the fit every single time. And he better be good in the run game. I I think right now, I mean, obviously it's got to go to training camp and I'll see what the reports are on these people and all that. But right now I think it's going to be Darquez Denard because again, the run game matters in all of this. And, I think he's got the best shot at being the most solid guy in the run. Yeah, I think Dante Johnson should be given the shot at it, honestly. But hmm. I'm okay. the only Dante Johnson fan in a land of many Dante Johnson haters. Dante Dante Johnson was drafted in the fourth round. He has done everything and more that is could possibly expected of a fourth rounder. He's he's had some huge blunders, and I think 49ers fans probably give him a lot more. Uh, of a hard time than they they should 
But like, yeah, I mean, he has earned his keep many, many, many Evan, times over. Evan, okay, I'll say like this about Dante Johnson, okay? Not every player can be Nick Bosa or Trent right. Williams, right? You take aside the 22 starters, it's tough to name a player more valuable than Dante Johnson. We're talking about an ace special teamer that plays every single position in the secondary, that knows all the assignments on the defense inside and out, and eh, I don't know, he's very okay as a player. His physical talent is limited. He can only do so much. But he's had, what, an almost eight-year NFL career? He's made d- decent money. He keeps managing to stay around. Um, he's got a role for this team. Uh, we'll see how this offseason goes for him. But uh, he was a big part of why they won in Green Bay last year. He did a hell of a job in that game. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he, he has made – plays in the nfl playoffs like you know I, I having him on the team especially right now when we're a little bit more unquestionable you know unknowns going into the cornerback position and the nickelback and safety and everything in general like having that guy is is a lot more interesting right now than it was mm-hmm. say two years ago when you were kind of hoping for late maybe a little bit more but like dante johnson will die with this team like that <laughs> man will literally like it'll just be him and like the ghost of jed york and <laughs> levi's in like a burning apocalypse around the city of san jose and it will he'll be the only one left he he was he's been here forever he keeps getting re-signed. He's not going anywhere. So just appreciate it. I'm trying to think who the Falcons equivalent of that is right now. Well, I know it's not Calvin Ridley. Okay. That's uh, that's you're not wrong. It's not just it was Justin Peel a few years ago. It was that third tight end that just kept staying because he did a good job blocking. He found his niche, man. That's what we're all looking for. You find your niche and you hold on for dear life. That's yeah, I do want to I do want to add one more thing to this topic that I think mm makes it all interesting. I think there's two more discussion points within it. One is the Jason Verrett thing, right? Like if Verrett is healthy, he's going to start at outside. Hold on, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Uh, if Jason Verrett is healthy, that's, that's, we just talked about Sammy Watkins health. Hold on. I don't think those are, uh, I don't, Jason Verrett, I feel like is in his own like injury category. Like, yeah, no, he is, he is, he is, but he's back again. Yeah. Um, how old is he now? He's, He's got to be 30, but he's played two seasons or three seasons. Yeah. He's yeah. 31. In NFL yeah. years, he's like 24. Yeah. <laughs> and he somehow, to, to his credit, the amount of lower extremity injuries don't seem to bother him because he comes back with his body. Like, first of all, Jason Verrett is huge for mm, a guy that's 5'8", 185 pounds. I, he probably has like 6% body fat. That dude is yoked to the max. <laughs> and... um. He's a physical freak because mm. after the Achilles in the ACL, he came back and had a top 10 corner season with the 49ers. So I'm not ruling him out after this ACL. Like he's got some alien extremity, lower extremities where they'll keep tearing, but he'll come back. His legs will still be huge. He'll still be huge and he'll be ready to go, but he'll start at outside corners. So that moves Mosley inside. Right. And that gives the Niners actually a really, really good cornerback trio. The one thing I have a question with Mosley, it's not that I don't think he can do the nickel job. I think he would do a phenomenal job at it. I, th- I think I'm a Emmanuel Mosley fan. I think he's a great player. Like, I think mm. he's a very good starting corner in the NFL. And um, the one thing concern I have is Mosley's got had a couple concussions over the last couple years. Mm. 
And um, the question I have is if he's that big a part of the run game at nickel, his head has been caught. I, if I remember correctly, both his concussions came from his head being caught when he was tackling. Hmm. And if he has to do more of that and get into more collisions, that would be the one other discussion point in all of this, in my opinion. But the, the 49ers don't talk about it a lot, a lot right now because it, it's kind of like something everyone's afraid to talk about. But DeAndre Lenore and Ambry Thomas were both drafted in the same draft. You know, Lenore in the sixth, Thomas in the, in the third. Thomas really kind of played, started playing really well towards the end of the season last year, really started to be like, oh, this is why we drafted him. If Lenore can kind of find his place when, because I think that like he should, he was an f- exceptional player at Oregon and he's very athletic. If those two can find a position on the team that is favorable it'll make things so much easier. And I think, I think that's really like what the 49ers the position they're in right now. They're hoping the Aaron banks is that the Amadre Lenore's right. Like they are hoping these players pan out. So I don't know if Lenore makes this team. Honestly, yeah. hmm. It's, it's not looking good. I think I, cause, cause okay. They moved Dante Johnson to safety. They're not going to cut Womack. He was a fifth round pick this year. Right. Mm-hmm. If, Verrett makes this team. Ward, Mosley, no way they don't make this team. Thomas will make this team no matter what. He's a third-round pick. Verrett makes it. Then Lomack. Lenore is a perfect practice squad type player, right? Where it's like he played bad enough to where other teams probably won't pick him up, but it's one of our guys that kind of sticks around. Um I'll be interested. I mean, he's an Oregon guy, so I'm hoping There's, he makes it. Yeah, but these are the things that's interesting, right? Because as much as we talk Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, there's a lot of interesting training camp battles at the bottom of this roster that I think, Chase, you might not be because you're a Falcons fan, but a lot of people on 49ers Twitter I've interacted are, have enough similarities with me where they geek out you know, in the fourth quarter of the preseason game trying to watch these two guys duke it out for their – uh training camp no i'm not a sicko i'm not doing that i I, i'm not i'm not that level of sicko i can't do it uh that's not me but i mean hey i don't just do it with the niners i yeah in fact i do it with other teams too yeah we're 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 eight eight days away from training camp for the 49ers and i think yeah those that's when those stories are going to start to get a lot bigger because i think everybody's tomorrow right uh, what do they do for the for Falcons? The, for the 49ers, I think it's eight days because I think yeah, today we got okay. the we, Steve Young days away from, you know, there you uh, go. Camp. But like, I do think, like, as much as we, like, you and I, Chase, have been like having to answer about Trey, Jimmy, and Debo for the entire offseason, mm-hmm. these kids are going to start playing football and immediately it's going to be like, oh, like Vish said, like, there's actually some like pretty big roster battles that are going to have to go on and figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, the center the center is the other thing, right? They seem to put all their trust in Brendel. We'll see how that is. Then the guards. Then the receiver battle, right? After Ayuk and Debo, it's it's wide open. Who's going to make that be that number three guy? It looks like it's going to be Juwan Jennings. But I think I think Jennings has got that locked in a little right. bit more than that, but you're totally right. After that, it's like – Anybody's well, then again. they drafted Danny Gray, all of it. Then the running backs, right? Because they drafted yeah. Ty Davis-Price early. Trey Sermon, in my opinion, is still the most talented player in the 49ers' backfield. And then yep. Jeff Wilson is You're speaking Evan's language. 
Jeff yeah. Jeff Wilson is the running back version of Dante Johnson. <laughs> like not going anywhere. Like no, no. Actually, actually, Evan, you know who that actually was? It's not Jeff Wilson. I think he needs a couple more years before he's that. That was Booby Dixon. Booby oh Dixon God. stayed for like five or six years on this team because of special running teams. garbage time. Yeah, special and teams. He was, and he would always touch. Yeah, he would always score in garbage time. Yeah, one of the greatest preseason running backs, too, in the history of the NFL. I was, like, everyone's enemy because I knew he was – like, respect to Booby. He had a good NFL career. He was genuinely a great guy to the fans. But, like, he was trash. If you're just a fan, like, <laughs> taking, like, emotion and, like, you know, you're not, like, the person, right? Just, like – the way we were used to, we used to talk about players, right? We're like, no, that guy sucks. Like he was not a good running back. And to, you know, vicious point man never left. So you're, you're mm-hmm. very right. That is a good callback. Shout out to Booby Dixon. I hope he's doing well. Starkway legend. Maybe state product. Maybe him and Adrian yeah. Colbert can like Adrian, him and Adrian Colbert could start a podcast. No, I know. Like one thing I always encourage on this podcast is for other folks not to get into the sports podcasting game because it's already crowded enough. Um, so I'm not encouraging it. So why do you, it. dude? Why do you think? Like literally, this I used to do a 49ers podcast, and it was like me and our guys that did the like the thing that we're kind of doing right now, where you bring people on and just chat. And there was like some really, really smart guys, like a bunch of vicious, like just sitting mm. there talking like X's and O's, but shout out to better rivals. Mm. Uh, and then there was like a buddy podcast. It was just two guys that would just hang out and talk. And that was it. And like, I love doing our podcast. And then like, I like woke up one day and there was 17 people that were like looking at the landscape and they were like, no, we're only going to do what Evan's doing. Like, yep. let's all do that. And I'm not saying we're the only one, whatever. There's a couple of people, whatever. But, like, it was just, like, everybody just started doing exactly what we were already doing. And I was like, I want nothing to do with it. I'm not competing with anyone. I had my yeah. fun. I am out. So I completely cheers to that. I have I no do idea. Think, I do think that there's been a time period, though. If you look at it now, the landscape has kind of changed where everybody has their kind of own little niche where they all bring something a little bit different. And it just allows people to really pick their own flavor of what they like to listen to. I think the hardest part is that you interact with people, these people. And I don't know if you form a friendship, but you like them more than just an average no name on Twitter but it's right. so hard to support every single one of these people. There's so many of them. There's so many of them, and there's only so many hours in a day. And you also don't want to be the guy that's supporting this guy openly, but not supporting this guy because you like this guy as much as you like this guy. So, yeah. I don't know how to say this because I don't want to, like, ruin podcasting for sports <laughs> as I am uh, a co-host on one. Yeah. But, like, I have never found – that like there's never been information for me as like a casual you know i'm like a fan like i'm not like i don't really the x's and o's and stuff like that like i can't really get into that because i'm a bit of an idiot um but like there's nothing i've ever needed that i haven't gotten from twitter like just the timeline like literally just following the right people and like I feel like there's a lot of people that wake up in the day and read like literally everything on twitter and then they go and they read all the articles and then they read or they listen to all the podcasts and they've just heard the same thing three different times. Yeah. 
I mean, you have to be no, careful but... with what you listen to. Like, I have to be careful about what I listen to because, like, it will seep into your consciousness where you're yeah. like, oh, God, I can't, like, I cannot have a, I, I'll, like, make sure I've read or watched what I need to watch or read what I need to read before I listen to something. So it's like I already have, like, a perspective on it. And then I'm like, oh, how does that match what I already thought about this thing? Or how does it go against it? And that's really my entire thing with Twitter. Like, occasionally I'll follow a few people if they ask me to follow them, whatever. But I don't really care about the whole follow for a follow dynamic because my timeline is I want it to be stuff I want to read. And I want information that I want to see that's going to be interesting to me and all of that. Like, if you don't follow me back because I didn't follow you, it does not bother me really at the end of the day because I'm only interested in my timeline timeline to see – you know, whatever's relevant, whether I follow a few analytics guys or a few guys that watch a lot of film or a few 49ers fans, few this, few that. But the point is that I don't, like Evan talked about it, like you can find stuff on your timeline. I only want to find those things on my timeline. I don't want to be scrolling through because I follow you because you asked me for a follow. So I followed you and then you followed me back. And now you're liking some weird ass shit. And (laughs) that's on my timeline. Hey, listen, let me just say, first and foremost, Vish hates people, and I'm right there with him. I hate him, too. And No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, like, by the way, Vish, I don't know if you knew this, because this is just, like, derailing at this point. But, like, uh-huh. if you go in, you like, when you look at your timeline and it shows suggested tweets, like, this person like this. Suggested you, tweets is brutal, man. No, no, but it's, <laughs> but it's not, though. It's easy. If you go yeah. into every single one of those and the three dots on the right and click see this less or see less whatever to every suggested anything my timeline is literally only tweets in chronological order no no suggested anything i don't get it is clean it is pure i don't get Hmm. it's uncut twitter i don't don't i haven't seen in literally like ever in like years i don't see people you should follow or this person like this tweet or like do you like this list none of that just keep saying no Cause, cause I, I need to do that. And I don't want to sound like a hater because everybody can express themselves in whatever way they want. I'm not here yeah. to stop that. I'm just here to stop myself from reading their expression. And <laughs> I'm so sick of my suggested tweet being some 49ers fan who's looking for extra followers and extra whatever. So the same suggested tweet to me every single time. And it has a thousand likes is Trey Lance is going to be an MVP this year. Debo Samuel will have 1,500 yards this year. It's the same person with the same hot take day after day. And it's like, I love the 49ers, but you don't educate me in any way by just saying, yeah, rah, rah, 49ers. He's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. Well, that's the thing. Sports Twitter is a funny thing because sports Twitter quite literally is high school. In this sense, there are people that go to school because they want to learn. And they, there's people that go to school because they want to progress their career. There's people that go to school because they just want to hang out with friends. And that's what sports Twitter is. Like, you can do a bunch of different things, a bunch, but, like, there are there is a contingent of NFL fans that log on to Twitter just to hang out with people and mm-hmm. BS. I don't know. Is it like that All I am is on? a lurker. Like, I really only tweet, like, my promotion stuff. And then I lurk and see what I need to see. Like tweet deck is still my my thing. So I organize it all with basketball, baseball, football, whatever. And then I scroll through what I need to scroll through. And I, it's so convenient. Like tweet deck, getting rid of the desktop app was a brutal blow uh, to my daily life. But it's still the desk. The the web app is OK, but it's it's not the same. But I don't know. I just I'm not I just I have too much to do. 
to interact and i always feel bad where i'm like i'm never going to be the guy where they're like oh you should interact and you should do-. no i don't want to interact I, I don't have time and it's also just a terrible it's like good. yeah it's good interacting is not great because when you get stuck six threads deep with a yes. guy that's like trying to just disagree with you to talk to you and stuff it's not really worth it like at that point if you disagree with that much just unfollow or don't talk to my tweet because like you're just never going anywhere just listen to i just want to respond to everything and be like listen to the podcast or i'll get people now i'm getting on the youtube stuff where like i'll get some random comment that they're gonna listen to this and they'll have something else where it's like they'll find like a two second thing where it's like i can't believe you didn't know uh so and so off the top of your head for this and you're like this man waited for like 38 minutes in and was like, hey, I got him. Like people are looking to like, wow, what was that five second pause on not knowing who the backup quarterback at Oklahoma State was in 2011? Right. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, you did, you had to wait three minutes to talk yeah. about Booby Dixon. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's it's just you can't please everybody. So it's just keep it moving. Um, I'm glad we had that Vince session, everyone. That was great. That was nice. It's off season. It's the off season, man. I like uh, this though. It's it's a different vibe from other pods I've been on. It's more just open. We're just chopping it up rather than you know. No. What do you think Trey Lance is going to do this? That's not my jam. I never want to be that show. I want it to be a free flowing conversation. And if it goes off a little bit today, who cares? Like it's fun. If it's good content and it's a good conversation, I don't really care. Like if the conversation's good, that is my jam. And I think, and I'm not going to name podcasts, but when they get in the weeds like that. Um, and you're like, oh, you know, this is still supposed to be technically talk radio when you're reading through stuff and we're like on minute seven and it's basically just like, oh, I could have just read this in PFF. Like, I don't I don't need I don't need that. I don't get anything out of that. And I think that is one of those things where a lot of folks who get into podcasting now, um, the conversational element is not natural. And that's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, hot take or not, Vish. The Steelers can win the AFC North next year because I think it's possible. I've been doing my stuff where I'm like, the way I can lay it out is the Bengals. I mean, we look at, we know how hard it is and how unlikely it is that guys who lose their first Super Bowl get back and how the Super Bowl loser, how that typically works and where the Bengals came from last year. Uh, Joe Burrow's injury history to this point, like that's all real. Sean um, Watson suspended. The Sean Watson suspended. So the Browns probably out. So you can. Like, that's two right there. That might just be out. One from injury, one from the suspension. And then you look at the Ravens where it's like, there's a lot of bad blood right now going on with the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations. And we'll see where they're at come opening day. But like, yeah, I would say the Ravens are my favorite one in the division if I had to say today. But I don't think it's that crazy that Mike Tomlin, who never has bad seasons, might just stumble into a 10-7 and <clears throat> AFC North championship with Kenny Pickett as his rookie quarterback, he's done it. We've already seen it happen. Was um, was Mike Tomlin like a coach at Tennessee back in the day and I didn't know about it? Oh, no, he was not. Like, why? Where does all this like unnecessary belief and hope for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming from? Hold on. Mike Tomlin doesn't Mike have bad never years. had a like, losing season in his coaching tenure. Right. That's no, insane. absolutely. And, 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 and he, he, he's one of the greatest coaches of, of all time. All he's time, a Hall of Fame yeah. coach. And what he will do this year is he will probably find a way mm-hmm. to go nine and seven. He went and nine and seven will, last year. And we will all come yeah. we'll just be all so proud of him because he did it with terrible quarterbacking play. Well, well that's the thing though, right? The quarterback play, I'm sorry. 
Ben Roethlisberger was. The worst that's what I was going to say. Is Kenny Pickett could not be year. worse than Ben Roethlisberger yeah, last year? I don't see it happening. Big Ben. Trubisky well, it, won't be worse than Big it, Ben. It, it, it is more. It's more dramatic, but it is similar to the whole like everyone's like, well, how good is Trey Trey Lance going to be? It's like, well, all he has to do is be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I do agree, right? Like all Mitch Trubisky has to do is be better than Ben Roethlisberger, which was to Vicious Point god awful i would rather kill myself than ever listen watch ben roethlisberger 2022 nfl film i i couldn't do it i don't know how mike tomlin did that he got paid that's why he's wrong his salary was so high i mean he had to mike tomlin wanted and, to do it though they had opportunities to get out of the ben roethlisberger business and they were like I mean, no we're gonna keep running you, it back did you say that he want to or was there a bunch of circumstances that led them to. I mean, they could have drafted a quarterback in the first round for years. They've had opportunities. They they knew that Ben Big Ben was oh, declining. I, the last three to five years, sure. Yeah, I think last year and the year before, I think they were a lot more stuck than we would have. I mean, two years ago they went twelve and four, won the AFC North. Right. If you go back through, that's why when I say that and people are like, they laugh off the Steelers when the AFC North this year. I'm like. Have you like just go back and look at those bad Ben Roethlisberger but, teams? They they finished no worse than se- he is not what, finished what below we saying, second. Though? And what did what I say? I'm saying is like Wait, in ten Evan, years, is it a hot take or not? Yeah, yeah like, we got to we got to know that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a hot take that they win the division. Like he has not been absolutely a hot take. Oh, L- Lamar Jackson is one of the best. First off. John Harbaugh isn't exactly a bad coach either, guys. He is mm-hmm. a special teams coordinator that became a NFL Super Bowl winning I said the Ravens head coach. are the favorite. They're my but, favorite. But, but your answer, is it a hot yeah. take to say that they would win? Of course it's a hot take. Lamar Jackson so. is not going to allow Mitch <laughs> Trubisky to win the division, or better yet, he, he's not going to – they are going to throttle both games. The Baker Mayfield won the division two years ago. Yeah, and Baker was playing pretty decent football. I don't think that Mitch Trubisky is going to play that. I don't think Mitch Trubisky will have that type of year. Yeah, I don't I think, think Mitch Trubisky's starting. Baker's I think it's right. Pickett week one. Dog, I they're talking people, about Mitch Trubisky like he's starting. I don't think he's going to yeah. start. Okay. MVP, there was that Steeler Depot, the, the, the blog, NFL blog for the Steelers, literally had a tweet two days ago. They were talking about, can Mitch Trubisky win the MVP? Here's the Oh, my answer. God. And it oh was like, and it was like, here's the website that talked about it. Here's the odds. Do we think it? Can, it's just like, okay, maybe your timeline needs work, dog. I I am meticulously, <laughs> just, and you're still like, finding stuff every like day. That. I've got shears, and I'm just like, no. I mean, look at what they're the. I love the trio that Pittsburgh now has. Pickens, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson is a problem. That is a Najee Harris is a good player. Like they have a great player. I think he's a great player. I think that's what I'm saying. Like they have pieces. The defense is. I think it will come down to the offensive line. If the offensive line is still bad with the rookie quarterback, they're not doing it. But if the offensive line's better. It was better last year. Yeah. It's getting better. They have a lot of young players that played well. I do not think this is a hot take one bit. At I like all. it. We know Tomlin. We know Tomlin is special. Evan said it. Hall of Fame coach. All mm-hmm. right. Let's take. Let's let's do what we did with Miami. Let's look at the roster away from the quarterback. Deontay Johnson's a top fifteen receiver in the NFL. He's one of the guys that we don't talk about. But Deontay Johnson is really, really, really he, good. He is the guy that they try to pretend that Gabriel Davis is. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, is Gabriel going to break out this year? Like, he, Deontay like Deontay's been, Deontay's he's, been he's great from classic, week one. 
He's your classic Steelers receiver. He's not yeah. the Antonio Brown, but he fits in the mold of Emmanuel Sanders and Santonio Holmes. And, you know, he's kind of like a Stephon Diggs kind of player. He's not Stephon Diggs, but he's very good. Chase Claypool is a hell of a player. George Pickens was arguably the most talented receiver in the draft this year. Now, George Pickens' life, I mean, the one story with the car crash when he got drafted was a little bit bizarre, to share the least. But George Pickens, exceptional talent. Um, And then Najee, the better offensive line. I think the defense is going to be, once again, very, very good. The home field advantage is real. They Levi Wallace was awesome field. in Buffalo for years. Like he yeah, has been Levi great. Wallace like I, good player. well, okay, but like so, let me let me ask. They you got Terrell Edmonds back. Yes, too. And, and in the NFL last year, right? Because we're talking about the playoffs. The NFL last year, there was only one division in the entire NFL where three teams made the playoffs. What what division was that? The NFC West. That's correct. So only one team did it last year. So it's already not very possible so just serious question are the the it's got to be the ravens because we know the Bengals are going back are i don't think Ra- so no we don't know the Bengals are going back the Bengals absolutely could miss the playoffs next year absolutely in what what they there got- is a lot of turnover year to year in the nfl in playoff teams like it's usually half the lead half the got teams who made the playoffs the previous year don't make it the following year How it's not even we- that it's health right yeah like you cannot guarantee health in the nfl like oh, look at what happened to baltimore last year Yep. But yeah, but you can't have that. You can't use health in this type of discussion, though, because then we could just say the same okay, thing about the Steelers. If we're talking, my, if we're talking roster to roster, yeah, I don't look at since I look at Baltimore. To me, Baltimore is in the Buffalo tier. I think that hmm. roster is phenomenal. I think right. Baltimore is going to be a contender for the one seat. They brought but in I, the, the the biggest issue was offensive line, and they got a significant improvement with the offensive line with their free agent signings. Yeah, so and they also got Kyle Hamilton. But so that's my point. Do the Steelers over exceed expectations but, but this year? He Potentially, up, he, he brought up a good thing though. The thing with the Lamar Jackson contract situation, and then there's another variable to talk about, right? Like Baltimore can be unequivocally better than the Steelers against the rest of the NFL, but I think the Steelers are capable of beating Baltimore twice, and it's because the Steelers play Lamar Jackson better than any team plays Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have a really, really good plan on how they blitz the run game and how they set up their ability to stop the run. They blitz, Lamar, they blitz the crap out of Lamar Jackson. It really doesn't similar. have a protection plan against them. It's hold Real quick, it's very similar to how the Seahawks used to play Colin Kaepernick hmm. and, and Greg Roman, by the way. It is very similar. Yeah. Right? Like and they used to make the crap out of that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is this. Do the, is do the, do the Steelers make the playoffs? Who is – like, are any of you going to bet a dollar on the Ravens or the Bengals not making it? Because that's what's I, m- I most likely – But Well, I mean, do I get both? Like, betting on a dollar on – but, like, or just no, one or two? No, my point, two. But my point is, is the Steelers to make the playoffs, like, if we look statistically from last year – have to beat one of those two teams in to get, to get into the playoffs. Like they have to have a better record. I don't think that happens. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like we never think, and then it's like, oh wow, half the league that we thought was going to be good just did not make the playoffs and had the season from hell. I and mean, I think dude, the Steelers the, are just sitting there. They're just the like, Bengals hey, we're ten just, wins we're, last we're year. And they got better. Wait, say it again. I mean, the Bengals got ten wins last year and they got better. I mean, the AFC is loaded, right? Like mm-hmm. outside of Jacksonville, the Jets. Um, there's one more crappy AFC South team that I'm blanking on right now. The Texans. 
Texans. I, I, I can make an argument for every single team, the rest of them, to make the playoffs. Yeah. The reason I don't like the Jets at all is their schedule. I don't even think their roster is half bad. They just have the schedule from hell. Go look at yeah, their yeah. first nine weeks. If they have a winning record after that, the Jets are the best team in football. Like, that's how bad their, hard their schedule is. So, um, I you can make a realistic argument to make the playoffs. Like, Tennessee, like, I know people don't like Ryan Tannehill, whatever. Tennessee has been a good team for four or five years now. Indianapolis is good. All four AFC West teams are good. All through those three NFC, AFC East teams have talent. The AFC North is good. So if we're going to talk Deshaun's suspension, maybe something. I think Cincinnati takes a step back. I think that people have a better plan. I I, I don't think their offense takes a step back. You're not stopping mm. Jamar Chase. You're not stopping Joe Burrow. I think their defense, it takes a step back. Yeah, I, I'm excited, though, because I think the AFC is just, like, going to be a bloodbath. And I think there are going to be some surprises on how that goes. The NFC, I think, is pretty – it's weird that I'm just like – NFC has four good teams. Yeah, that's it. But I think the NFC, it's like I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises. Like I think the Packers are going to be good. I think the Niners are going to be good. I think the Rams are going to be good. I don't see a and scenario Bucks. where a lot that's of the it. team – Yeah, like that's it. And Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the fifth team I would put that Ooh. I feel confident in making the playoffs because I know that's the top. You're confident we'll in the top. Eagles making the playoffs? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Oh my it's god! I, I, I will. Say, I will say this: everybody that I talk to is just obsessed with the Eagles roster. Real quick, before you get into that, Vish, who do, who do we think's got the better quarterback? The Steelers or the Eagles? Jalen Hurts or Kenny Pickett? Right? I don't yeah. think that's. I don't think that's a hot take. I, I, I don't. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a quote unquote better quarterback. But I know what Jalen Hurts can do and what he can't do, and I know what Jalen Hurts has to do to win in the regular season. I don't know anything about Kenny Pickett in the NFL yet. Right. Well, it's also the Eagles, Just their offensive line is just so good, and that's yeah. so conducive to what Hurts is doing. And, like, yeah. their run game's great. Hurts is a special runner, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the Eagles are deep, and they should be a really good football team this year. The but defensive line? Defensive line is very good. I like their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. I think yeah. he's a pretty smart guy. I think N'Kobe Dean, the linebackers in Philadelphia are going to be better. The if corners with Bradbury and Slay are good. The safeties are okay, but they got a 49er. Um, I'm one of my favorite players on the 49ers, Jaquaski uh, Tart. I think he's a yeah. really, really good fit for them because he's really, really solid, and they just need solidity. Uh, back there, that's not even a word I'm, I'm making. <laughs> I like it though. Now. Solidity, um, but sir, it's like serenity, but solidity. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll roll with it. But but I also I just like the Eagles setup to win with Jalen Hurts. I like their offense. I think Sirianni's the division is, sucks. Their division sucks. Their offensive line and defensive line kicks ass every single game. It's the best offensive and defensive line combination in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's them. I mean, maybe Tampa Bay is up there. Green Bay, possibly. New Orleans, the Niners. Those would be the teams I'd put there. Philadelphia, to me, is the best of that. See, I would put, like, it's just interesting that you bring them up because I would say the Vikings are a lock for the playoffs. I would say they're above the Eagles for me, where I think there's no path for them not making the playoffs. Like, I don't think they're going to be a contender. We know what the Vikings are. Yeah, they're They're a team that should win 10 games. Yeah. 
Kirk Cousins and with Kevin O'Connell and with a coach that likes him reportedly, that should be nice for Kirk yeah. Cousins this year. But but Kevin O'Connell is going to be running the same offense that they've been running in yeah. Minnesota for basically years. Better and vibes though. The, yeah, I guess better vibes. But the point is, the Vikings are going to have the same problem they have had every single year since they made that one lone championship game with Case Keenum. They don't have any depth. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt, I mean Madison's yeah. okay, but Dalvin Cook makes that offense go. They don't have anything. I mean, KJ Osborne, pretty good. Um, I guess those three, okay. Their defense, I don't think their defense is good, in fact. They're still just relying on Barr, Kendricks, Harry Smith. It's the same dudes doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, uh, it's an it's a, an incredible defense five years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, but, no, that's the thing, right? Barr, Kendricks, and Harry Smith are still good individual players. They're not good enough to make, you know – Evan Sower, Swords, Chase Thomas, and Vish Kumar aren't good anymore. Yeah. Was uh, that an intentional Evan Swords Sowards thing? Was that intentional or did you do that? That was that was great. Uh, honestly, it, it worked out exactly how I needed it to. It was great. That was good. Yeah. It was let's just go with intentional. But I like so that. So I, I don't I don't I, I like Detroit actually a little better than Minnesota. Uh, uh, I like Detroit. Oh. Uh, I I, I, I I don't know I, if I like Detroit as in terms of thinking that they will do more and get be more successful, but I'm definitely rooting for them more. I want Dan Campbell to be a successful NFL head coach more than I think I have ever wanted. Do you know what I want? Life. I thought about I this. Like it's like, I just want Justin Fields to move to Detroit this year. Like if you just oh, yeah. put him with this group and you just. I'd be excited about Detroit because Jared exactly. sucks. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Fields is screwed. Like it's over. Like whoever, like who, just if you have any stock left on or any property left on Justin Fields Island, sell that. Like they're not. If I was Justin Fields, I'd be pulling a Calvin Ridley right now. Yeah. Well, not, not that. What, not do that. that. No, I'm not that one. I'm talking about the <laughs> mental health thing. Like I'm just be like, sorry guys. No, just be like, this is a bad. I would do it. You can do it professionally and honestly, where you're like, this is a new administration. Like clearly, y'all are. And I get it, Ryan Proles. Like I get that you want to rebuild this thing and you want to start over. But like, and as much as I love Velas no, Jones but, Jr., but, but he's my some dude. Of their, some of their decisions with the rebuilding was bizarre, right? Clear cap hmm. space to then spend it. I think they spent it on Larry Ogunjobi immediately, and then he failed the physical. But like, the point is that, like, it's not that Ogunjobi is a bad player. He's mm-hmm. a good player. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. This is all just off the top of my head, so yeah. I'm just rattling it. But um. It's not that he's a bad player. He's a good player, right? But mm. the idea of clearing cap space is not to immediately spend it to, on another veteran player and whatever. It's to start clearing the books to get a bunch of draft picks, a bunch of young players, and start developing them. And those are the kind of bizarre things. I, I live in Chicago. I despise the Chicago Bears. I despise wow. them with every part of my heart. Hold on. Even with Dante but, Pettis in the building? 49ers legend Dante Pettis? That underrated uh, I will say, by the way, Vish, Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the world. Anytime I ever incredible city, it's, yeah, it's couldn't live there though. Uh, I don't have, have you ever? Do you go? Do you ever been to Oshaval? No, I've never heard of that one. Are you a burger guy? No, I'm a vegetarian. So okay, no worries, no worries. Never mind. It's an incredible burger. It's what was voted one of the it was voted the best burger in the country at one. Are you a vegan burger oh. guy? No, no, I think that's nah, so nasty. Yeah, why? Why would you? Why would you do that? But, uh, soy product, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if I, Get but if I, here. if I, have I you always been a vegan? I've been. I've, I'm not a vegan. 
I'd never be a vegan. Or a vegan I've vegetarian, always been excuse me. vegetarian, yeah. yeah. I've always been one. Just, I was just brought up that way. Hmm. And then it's just one of those things that, like, well, I'm 22 now, right? Like, yeah. I can make my own decisions. I finally become, like, responsible for my own life. But I was raised a vegetarian, so, like. Well, hmm. and also, if you got yeah. a good thing going, why would you want to change it? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm comfortable with my diet as is, yeah. Yeah, if it works, it works. Um, but no, yeah, if I, if I'm Justin Fields, as far as Justin Fields goes, I, I'm like, dog, I'd be like walking and be like, you guys, inflation's at 9.1%. Like, I just can't be out These on the gas field. Prices. You know I what I'm saying? Like, it's too, I, I'm in, I'm in Highland Park. Like, it's just far. Like, there's he just nothing. keeps moving further and further. He's like in <laughs> Naperville one week, and then yeah, he's like, "I've." Hey, I'm from Naperville, actually. Fun. There you enough. go. There you yeah, go. there you go. But yeah, there's nothing you could say to make. I I feel so bad for Justin Fields. It's not fair. Like it's not. He's just such a great, easy to root for, talented athletic quarterback, and somehow like this, like the Bears, which you know they've struggled for the last decade or so, but they have a very storied, respectable franchise. They're looking not when to, it like, comes to the quarterback position. But no, actually, I know. But actually, like, Evan, don't give them that. No, but Why? because they hold started on. playing football before the rest of the other people. Yeah, no, but my point is this: like everything, and then you'll love this fish. Like everything that Bears fans like hold near and dear to their heart is getting ripped out. Right? They're like going to try and build a stadium in the suburbs, which is like the worst thing you could do to Bears fans who are so used to you know this great yeah. American city having the stadium in there. They're, they have the, you know their quarterback is like incredible and he's gonna die because they have nothing to protect him. Like their Bears football fans are going to be miserable this year. Yeah, I would agree Good. with that. They should be miserable. Wow, it's just going for it. Can we expand I, on that? You're a Niners fan. How did you? I'm not there's nothing wrong. Hey, let that hate out. How, but how did you get? How did you get there? The hate hating the Bears. Yeah, oh the fans, I, I all just, the above. I it's not. I I actually don't mind the fans. I know a lot. No, of no, no, no. Fans, hold on, don't backpedal on me. Let's let's get this out. Let's get this out of the world. What what no, makes no, you? My my issue with the Bears is I hate. And I guess there's a little bit of this towards the Dallas Cowboys, too. I hate the old storied franchise that gets the Sunday night primetime game, and it's all the haunted Bears-Packers rivalry. And yet my whole lifetime, the Bears have been horrible. And the Bears are not a well-run franchise. They're not a good football team. They had two good years in the 1980s, and they're not one of the four best teams from the 1980s. The Niners are better. The Giants are better. The Washington football team are better. They're the fourth best team in the 80s. And we're talking about their 80s team like, ah, the Chicago Bears. If I hear that Bear Down song, I despise that song. It sucks. Um, It's unbelievable. So you're not. You're completely right. You're completely (laughs) right. Thank you. I, I'm I'm like just blown by by honestly how people like. I think it's just okay because they started playing football before other teams. What have they done to garner this respect of being this hollowed <laughs> franchise in NFL history? They don't even have a franchise quarterback in the history of their franchise. Hey, they first don't off, Jim Harbaugh is a great. Jim Harbaugh is a fantastic Bears quarterback. And he was good when he went to the Colts. But yeah, you're right. Like, why do I have to keep watching the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving? I am tired of it. I I totally get it. I was a big Craig Krenzel guy. 
Uh, I, I thought uh, he was pretty good. Were you a Cade uh, McNown guy? Yeah, Cade McNown. Yeah, that was. I don't even know. You can go. You is. want to go to a dark timeline? Is go through all the different guys who've gotten snaps for the Chicago oh, Bears. Um, who was the oh. lefty, the southpaw, who like went to the playoffs, won like thirteen games that one year? Who was that? O'Neill is his name. O'Neill. Who am I thinking? O'Neill. Oh. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. He's the he's the guy who replaced uh, Jim McMahon, right? maybe i'm trying to think like I, I it's been a while i'm trying to remember what his name was but he was a southpaw and he won like 13 games one random year but it was just and i'm trying to remember who it was i mean rex grossman was the most fun bears quarterback in my lifetime like rex that, grossman. And, yeah. and to me rex grossman is like the quintessential like at like like really not great quarterback of all time went to the super bowl man that's what i'm saying He's like horrible like when you think when you think about like everybody always wants to talk about like you know the the Ravens and what Trent Dilfer and Jim Miller that. is who I was thinking of by the way. Oh okay okay okay. Jim Miller. No. Yeah. Y'all remember I mean, this? Two thousand one, two thousand two. Grossman is the worst quarterback to ever go to the Super Bowl. Grossman. The one thing about Grossman, his redeeming quality is that Shanahan loved Grossman mm. in Washington. So. Yeah. Okay. They went to they went thirteen and three. Um, that 2001. That's what I'm saying. Like that was just the most random year. Jim Miller, round six. What about guy? the 06 Bears in the worst NFC in the history of the NFC when the 10 and six Hurricane Katrina New Orleans Saints were the second seed, mm. and they went 13 and three. Ugh. that's crazy. This is just a. Don't look at this Bears fans. Like the list is just. Jason Campbell, you remember when he started yes. Evan? What Alden Smith did to him. Jason, Jason in fact, in fact, Jason Campbell should have sued the Chicago Bears for putting him through that. <laughs> that was honestly like the saddest thing. Yeah, Everyone's he was like Jason Campbell being. versus like no nah, man. That was that was never going to like cap cap. Oof. They, they have not had a legitimate they franchise quarterback. Jason Campbell to a public beating. He got hit like fifteen times in that game. That's Shut insanity. Up. This is. I'm looking at all of this. This is all Caleb Haney. Caleb Haney. That was what I don't even like. That's not even a USFL quarterback. <sighs> this is dark. Oh, sorry, Bears. Why fans. are we here? Why are we? This here? is so. I, no, I no, no, no. This is outstanding. What's, he loves this. You talking about Bears quarterbacks? Um, By the way, this. Bears Bears fans are not reading. They're not listening to sports podcasts right now. They're they're like. Out, it's it's the summer in Chicago. Bears fans mm. are out in the sun drinking. They are blacked out, drinking Malort, hammered. Okay. There you go. Okay, Malort. Okay. Okay. Fish. Anything um, you like to plug as we wrap up here tonight? Nah, I'm I'm looking to read. I'm looking to get back into the content game. Uh, we'll see, but right now I don't have anything. You can just follow me on Twitter at Vishkumar. But well, you've been great here tonight, man. I appreciate you making the time. This was fun. Uh, Evan at Evan Swords. You can do that. Follow him there. Forty Nine Hundred Sub. All the good stuff over there. And Evan, we are, I don't know who uh, that is. I only know Evan Sowards. Yeah, mm. Sow- Evan or Burner Sowards. I yes. think would be the best. Yeah, and I will say this: Forty Nine Hundred Sub is. We basically we turned the website off. Full mm-hmm. blah blah blah. We're gonna like do a. Full, 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 full rebrand. Um, gonna, I mean, literally like new everything. Hmm. Uh, Vish, if you, if there's anything you want to do, um, we'll, we'll have you. I'll tell you that much. But like, I'm very excited to actually like. We're gonna, 
light that bitch on fire and open it up. Here so, we go. Bringing people together. Be, 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 be on the lookout for uh, a, I'm, a, I'm a not brand new. collaborate with any Evan Swords. I'll collaborate with <laughs> only Evan Sours. Swords. And yeah. even that guy is a little. I mean, yeah, he but, put me on. What, what were we talking about at the beginning? Funky Funko Pops. Funko Pops. Exactly. He put me on. I'm gonna have an apartment filled with Funko Pops. Shout out. Who's that? Shout out. This is uh, Tanjiro from Demon Slayer. I don't know. I don't it's know. Just, it's just some anime. Look, stuff. I know. I love Demon Slayer. Tanjiro <laughs> is my favorite character. Really, Rengoku is better, but we'll, I'll allow it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Hey, Vish, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you tonight. I, I will say, uh, Chase, if you are literally like even the bare minimum of a, a content creator, you will just clip that Chicago rant and just post it. Yeah, no, that's, into the that's ether. Yeah. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you guys, though, straight up. All right. Wow. I, I don't think that should be clipped. I, I don't want to turn into Andrew Tate here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There you go. Evan, Vish. Thank you, and uh, I will talk to Evan next week. All right, y'all, that'll do it for part one here on the Tuesday, July 19th, 2022 edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed Fish, Evan, and I's conversation on all things NFL. Uh, make sure if you enjoyed today's episode and you've not already done so and you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on either of those platforms. Uh, it helps other people find the show and it helps this show continue to grow. Also, lock in with us on YouTube as we continue growing out and busting out that channel. YouTube.com slash Podcast. Like and subscribe. All that good stuff over there. Um, video content, full video episodes, clips, all that kind of stuff over on the YouTube page. Um, doing big things over over here at Blue Wire Pod. So make sure you're checking out all of our great programs all across the network. Long Shot with Duncan Robinson, Insight with Chris Van Fleet. Uh, we got Green Light with Chris Long. The the Blue Wire Pod network continuing to expand and blow up. So uh, make sure you're tapped into all of our different programs all across our network. Read me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, that's me, sportsrenaissanceman. So there you go. Um, all right, uh, part two coming up in just one second. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.